Welcome to a radical discussion of independence, free will, liberty, and the left-hand path. This is Damonosophy 2.0 with your host, Paul Frederick. deprecating, anti-success, pessimism. So the Pope is out again talking about the horrors of capitalism and free markets and so forth. And I just saw some, there's just some stuff on this on some silly little propagandistic like news sites which you know turn into memes and whatnot and then the next thing that happens is everyone's like yeah the pope's cool i like this pope you know even um you know black magicians and and satanists and people like this are like oh yeah the pope's cool on that yeah uh capitalism that's bad yeah so and and just makes me go what really I want to say, I want to say, come on, dude. So, you know, if you go back, you know, here's the first thing is that this is not new. And people say this and they think it's like, oh, it's like this is a sign that humanity is changing and evolving to the next level. Right. And it's and it's with the Pope, too. I mean, you got to remember, this guy is like the head of a society that has ruled over humanity cruelly. And without mercy for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And they believe all this just fantastical nonsense. It's not even real Jesus teachings either. I mean, if you go back and you look in um, the uh, New Testament and you look in the Gospels and stuff and you try and get down to what Jesus was talking about, well, most of the stuff that this Catholic Church pushes is is not even stuff that Jesus ever said like all the weird sexuality stuff I mean that doesn't that doesn't come from Jesus that's all Paul the epistle who added that stuff for the most part and then things cherry-picked from the Old Testament but before I fall down a biblical rabbit hole let's get back to where we are today what the pope is talking about today so first of all i mean y'all heard the saying money is the root of all evil i mean the catholic church has been saying this forever money is the root of all evil so if you're into that then if you're if you're concerned about your money then already i mean they just say these things the the catholic church has always been opposed to anything that takes up humanity's attention other than them they just want to run it all obviously they have the the book the playbook that says what happens in the end and they want you to buy that and they think that that means that they can uh, manipulate you along the way what is ridiculous is that i'm even like giving like a left-hand path podcast even talking about that that's what's really ridiculous don't people who come to the left-hand path they already have a pretty good idea that the Pope is wrong. 
about stuff, right? So, I mean, don't we all pretty much agree that uh, the Pope and the Catholic Church and monotheism in general is wrong about uh, human sexuality? They're wrong about original sin. They're wrong that um, obedience and submission is the highest virtue. Uh, didn't we all already go through an internal process of, uh, of concluding all these things to be erroneous? And is that not what led us in the direction of the left-hand path as a path of freedom, liberty, independence, and all those good things? So, this has happened a few times. If you just go search for, like, uh, Pope Francis and capitalism, you'll find there's been, uh, especially around 2014, 2015, he made lots of statements about it. I think one of the best ones comes from Pope Francis gave a speech before world leaders of the UN agencies, funds, and programs group in May of 2014, where he called for equitable development as full comments go something like this i do not hesitate to state that equitable economic and social progress can only be attained by joining scientific and technical abilities with an unfailing commitment to solidarity accompanied by a generous and disinterested spirit of gratuitousness at every level a contribution to this equitable development will also be made both by international activity aimed at the integral human development of all the world's peoples and by the legitimate redistribution of economic benefits by the state as well as indispensable cooperation between the private sector and civil society. So, I mean, this is just, this is right out of Karl Marx, redistribution of economic benefits by the state. So, I mean, if, if, if everything else that I said already wasn't enough to make you go, hmm, about whatever the Pope says, then shouldn't this raise a few eyebrows out there? Amongst all the black magicians and, uh, and, and Satanists and Sedians and Luciferians out there. So he's saying that you should turn over economic benefits. You should turn over your private property to the state to let them redistribute it. I mean, just, just think about this. The Pope the leader of this world, monotheistic, ancient, you know, superstitious religion is asking you to hand over what your hard-earned property, money, valuables to the state. I mean, he doesn't even say which state. He's talking to the UN. So I guess he's talking about, you know, just, just uh, the, you know, global government. I hate to say the term globalism, but, I mean, that's that's really what it is. I'm just reading what he said here, too. I'm not, like, trying to put some conspiracy theory on top of this. 
I'm just reading what the Pope fucking said. And this is what he said. Handed over to the state. So, you know, I guess you can agree with that or disagree with that, or we could go back and forth about it. But what I come back to is my understanding of the left-hand path, which is a religious philosophy, which has to do, it gives us um, ideas about how we conduct ourselves morally in the world, and it gives us, it informs uh, how we perceive metaphysically our existence here, that these ideas were founded on independence and individuality, and that how, how can you be following that path and then come back and say, well, no, the, the Pope, the leader of this anti-religion, the religion that, wants, would, that, that wanted to burn you at the stake and has burned people like you at the stake in the past, he's going to come out and say that you should follow Karl Marx and give your money over to the state to redistribute it to whoever, to people you don't know, <laughs> that, that that's all cool and your thumbs up about it. Okay, well, maybe that's how it is. Um, in, in your world, but in my world, it's not like that. This kind of statement from the Pope is just as, as uh, corrupt and illegitimate as anything else that the Pope says ever. Um, I mean, for me, where I'm at on the left-hand path, I've, I, I got over the Pope a long time ago, and I'm not going to fall back into it now, and I hope that you don't either. I mean, is it just me? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. And you got to remember that while he's saying all this, he and the whole Vatican are sitting on a mountain of wealth and gold and artifacts and artwork and stuff that has been stolen from people over the centuries, they have infinite wealth in uh, Vatican City. You know they're a sovereign state, too. A lot of people don't know this. The Vatican is actually a sovereign state. They have their own monetary system, which is, uh, you know, is, is gold-based. <laughs> so they can, they can still do that. Um, but they have their own um, self-supportive, infinite... Uh, wealth that they're sitting on and everything's good with them so it's easy for them to you know sit back and advise the rest of us to to give up give up our wealth uh, because it's it's the good a good christian thing to do so i don't know maybe there's some there's some left-hand path people out there that that are are ready to do the good christian thing (laughs) so you see it's not even really the money itself that's actually evil because they have it right it's it's not the money it's just that you're doing something by yourself you're doing something unmonitored you're doing something on your own and they don't like that like masturbation Anton LaVey big proponent of masturbation He was a masturbation advocate. (laughs) 
Uh, Alistair Crowley, too. Big. He's really into masturbation. But seriously. And from a slightly more scientific perspective, Wilhelm Reich, complete advocate of masturbation, and he took it totally seriously. Now, it is no coincidence that you hear this kind of stuff from these people who were also huge advocates of individuality and freedom, uh, really warriors for individuality and freedom with the courage to come out and say these things, you know, and the ability to stop, you know, giggling long enough to talk about it. But there's something to that, and that's the basis of uh, when you get into sex magic, which is um, another topic and a rabbit hole I don't want to fall into just yet. Catholic Church doesn't like that. And you know who else doesn't like that is uh, the state. They don't like you doing things on your own either. They want to know what you're doing. That's why we live in the greatest uh, surveillance state ever known to man. There's nothing that you do nowadays that isn't trackable. So, I mean, in many ways, I mean, I'm sure um, the Pope is just in awe over uh, many of the things that modern, the modern mechanized state has accomplished. I mean, it's just amazing. So, I mean, if, if they hadn't decided to be anti-technology and superstitious for like a thousand years, you know, Maybe they could have evolved, too. But that's the thing. It's like any group or organization that seeks authority and control, they sacrifice the principles of innovation along with, you know, independence and inspiration, legitimate, personally inspired innovation is a providence of the free individual, and is something that only occurs in free systems, like a free market. So, you got to remember that, that even this whole idea of the money, money is the root of all evil, it's not even really a statement about, about the money. How can money be evil? Money is simply a, a medium of exchange. It's what I use to exchange with, with Bob. I want Bob's loaf of bread, and, and, and Bob wants my chicken, but um, you know I don't, I don't need his bread right now, so maybe he finds something else that I, that I want instead that he knows he can later, or, or that you know we know that we'll be able to take it later and exchange it for something else. And that's all that money actually is. It can't be evil on its own it's just re- and then what some people will say is that yeah but then what always happens is someone comes in and tries to control it and I'm like yeah like the Catholic Church comes in and tries to control it like the state comes in and tries to control it I mean, these people come in, and, and these are the ones that try to set up monopolies. I mean, that's what the Catholic Church did. They had a monopoly 
on spirituality for like thousands of years. If you wanted to live forever, you wanted to have a soul, you had to go to them. Or else you're going to burn in hell. So I'm against monopolies 100%. Monopoly, and when I look around, the only monopolies I see are in religion and uh, politics. And the monopoly on spirituality wasn't really busted up, in my opinion, until the year one. Until Anton LaVey threw down the glove and said, no more. So, I mean, you can go back to, you know, Henry VIII, uh, you know, the, I, the concept of separation of church and state, that goes back to Henry VIII and I think Thomas Jefferson and the Founding Fathers were the first ones to really seriously say that it's like separate from the state. But that didn't uh, destroy the monopoly on it. And, and you can make the case for uh, paganism, you know, arising in the 30s, 40s, um, that, that that was moving us towards something also. But in, in, in my opinion, uh, paganism represents uh, more of a regression and then in a um, fusion with the arising American left at the time. And I think um, Anton LaVey was really, he was rebelling against that almost as much as he was rebelling against the uh, 2,000 years of right-hand path monotheistic dominance. But certainly he's breaking up the monopoly. I mean, has anyone noticed that monopoly and monotheism uh, arise from the same, uh, or borrow, draw from the same uh, linguistic uh, element of mono or one? There could be only one. So the whole concept of the left hand path and of individuality is, is anti monopoly. And if you're worried about some people might perform better than others, well, that is the nature of elitism. That's one of the most basic ideas on the left-hand path is that there are differences between people. There are differences in proclivities. There are differences in abilities. Some people will do better than others. And so long as we are all left free to work this out, it tends to make a better situation for everyone. So it's, it's hardly an excuse to say we need to bring in a uh, centralized authority and give them absolute power over us. That's what we spent all this time rebelling against and trying to get away from. And it's just, it just, it just makes no sense to me now that we would get to this point and say, you know, no, let's bring it back. We need a, uh, a single referee. And I'm sure we can, like, get the right people in there to, to manage us. And, I mean, don't you understand that once you say you're going to have someone else manage you, you've given up everything. You've renounced free will. You've renounced self-determination. You've renounced the left-hand path. So to, to really grasp this, imagine in the uh, story, the, the mythology of the great Luciferian exodus, 
right, which is the story in Paradise Lost, which is the story in Dr. Aquino's uh, Diabolicon. If after having had this war in heaven and descending to earth or to pandemonium and viewing the tribulations of the infant man, if the daemon said, well, we need to set up a control system for them so that they don't uh, make bad decisions or do something wrong with the gift of set or the black flame so so we can control them. And, and, it, and you just imagine that for a minute and you realize how, how wrong it is. You realize then, well, that, that's not the story of the Luciferian exit. That's the story of Animal Farm, right? We had a, a revolution and we went through all this effort to become free individuals. And what do we do? Well, we piss it away. We just, we just set up another system of control. So, so this is the passage from the Diabolicon, and this is from the statement of Archdamon Satan. I think it's very inspiring and very to the point. He says, Many there were among us who felt anger at this ruthless mutilation of our gift. And this is, he says this because um, the, the gift of set has just been imparted to man. And the forces of Masla, in other words, the, the angels, the forces of the right-hand path are on earth. And they're interacting with man. And they're fucking with his head. They're trying to scare him and make him feel afraid that he can't handle it. They're trying to convince him that he needs a, a manager to take care of him. He needs a father to take care of him. He says, And Beelzebub brought to question whether we also should not descend among man and contest this usurpation of his will. But I said, were we to lead man in this venture, we ourselves would declare his failure, and he would believe our gift to be weak indeed. Messiah must see that free will is beyond the concern of God, and that man will finally win his own destiny apart from all dictated schemes. Only through summary destruction of earth might man be halted, and for a Messiah to attempt this would lay bare the very futility of the final design of God. Heaven may dismay man with peril and affliction, but we shall send him word of our own interest that he shall know he is not alone. In other words, the forces of hell, the daemons, the representatives of the left-hand path, the authors of the gift of set, are stating that they would never come in and try to manage things or force things or lead things or become a central authority like the one they just uh, rebelled against and left. But that the gift that they passed on to humanity was, was a blessing for humanity to use on its own, to become free individuals, to discover the, uh, the, the glory and the, and the beauty and the freedom of the gift of set that the daemons had come to know. The, the majesty of the black flame 
that the demons had come to know. This is the thing. This is the, de- the defining aspect of what makes man, man. What makes people, people. Men and women. Individuals. It's a profound thing, my friends. Very profound. But returning to our current situation, their rationale for this, what, they, what they're offering in exchange for accepting their authority is always that they're protecting you from something. Like this was uh, really obvious with the Catholic Church. They're protecting you from eternal damnation. They're protecting you from Satan. They're protecting you from the evil of your genitals. So it's really obvious from them. And of course the state is too. That's, that's part of the whole... Uh, the social contract theory is that, well, the state is providing a service for us by, you know, keeping us safe. Keeping us safe by sending thousands of people overseas to go die in, in foreign countries and, and, and things like that. Keeping us safe by spying on us. Keeping us safe by harassing us, harassing citizens in airports. I could go on and on about that but who else does that who else do we know of that offers you protection in exchange for a price and then it sounds it sounds nice at first but then you realize that oh wait actually they're the ones that I need to worry about and I'm paying them to like not brutalize me. So organized crime, right? That's what the mafia does. That's exactly what the mafia does. They, uh, you know, pay, pay protection money to, to, to Guido and uh, they'll make sure that the, the Irish cops don't mess with you or whatever. You know, they're, they're protecting you for something. Well, it's a racket. It's a racket. And getting back to the whole attitude and mentality of the left-hand path is that I am going to uh, stand up for myself. I will defend myself. I will stand up for my own rights. I will claim my own rights and stand up for them and fight for them. You know, if a man smite you on one cheek, smash him on the other. Smite him hip and thigh, for self-preservation is the highest law. So, the Pope versus capitalism, or you might just as well say the Pope versus freedom, the Pope versus liberty. You see, basically all the practices from the Catholic Church come from the Dark Ages, an age where there was no concept of liberty and freedom was only a dream for the afterlife. And for the most part, Their practices are only slightly modified, if modified at all, for modern people. And though modern academics try to dress it up, socialism at its core is just another primitive Dark Ages ideology. One central authority, a king, emperor, or pharaoh, and his gang, take the property and capital from everyone else, all the plebeians, you and me, and then divvy it back out however they see fit. 
Catholic Church was basically in competition with kings and states for the ultimate authority here, the authority to come in and organize the lives of ordinary people. And the history of Europe for a good 2,000 years was simply the story of the struggle between church and state. And after the Enlightenment, we started to have an actual separation of church and state, and this opened the door for all these other things that we have, like the eradication of slavery in the West, and free markets, or even an average Joe. People like you and me own property and carve their own destiny. But then the power of the state began to grow and grow again under a different guise, a secular guise, until here we are today, on the verge of a global system, a globalist system, fully blessed and sanctified by Pope Francis. You see, the church in some sense is playing Johnny-come-lately here, trying to get back in the game. That's why he's telling us the state should be in charge of redistributing wealth, and again, no conspiracy theory here. That's what Pope Francis literally is saying. And I think, if you're one who follows the left-hand path, the way of he who questions all things, then you have to question globalization and wealth redistribution, especially if it's being fully embraced and encouraged by the global leader of the Christian world. Now, even if you said to me, Paul, I know we need to have regulation of free markets. Capitalism and freedom are just too dangerous. Someone's always going to get more powerful. You're going to come and hold it down over the rest of us. Well, you know what? I would still implore you not to accept and not to internalize this utterance from the world's most powerful and, in my opinion, evil white magician. The chief witch doctor of mechanical obedience and subservience. Now, why shouldn't you endorse him, if I have to spell it out? Because of the danger of producing an internal contradiction within yourself. Now, this is an initiatory idea that's been presented by many of the great magi in the past. Aleister Crowley talks in Magic and Theory and Practice about how in order to represent the Godhead, to invoke the God, you must take on all qualities of the principle and excise from your presence everything that might contradict it. So, if you're going to express the essence of, say, Mars, you're going to surround yourself with incense that relates to Mars. You're going to surround yourself with the color red. You're going to excise from your general presence anything that contradicts it. So the book of Coming Forth by Night talks about this as well, about creating order in and of the self, distinct from the cosmic order or the confused and fitful presence of hardware. Gurdjieff talks about this as well in terms of false personalities and that one's personalities can come in conflict with each other. You see really strong ideas like these, like, Capitalism, freedom, and slavery, when internalized, can literally create new personalities within the self. If you have one personality that thinks freedom is absolute, and then another personality that thinks freedom should be limited or regulated by a central authority, well, these two eyes 
are going to be in conflict with each other. And when that happens, we create buffers. Buffers are like partitions between your personalities, like cubicles in the office space of our psyche. Buffers help keep us from seeing these contradictions, because if we could see all our contradictions all at once, we'd probably have a total breakdown. Certainly, we couldn't keep going on the way we are, and we'd have to change something. So, a lot of initiation actually comes down to this, trying to see the self as it is with all its contradictions. And in that moment of seeing, something higher within us might, for a moment, awaken. Well, that's it for this time, my friends and fellow daemons. If nothing else, I hope I've given you some things to think about. There's an old saying, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. And I think that's worth keeping in mind before drafting an apologia for the chief witch doctor of the contemporary right-hand path. Remember that on the left-hand path, it is we who are the gods. It is we who rise up and take responsibility for our existence, and it is we who will take back our spiritual and social liberty. So until next time, keep the dark fire burning.